0: Hello, Woodland community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodland Worship Podcast, Episode 047. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. On this week's episode, when we pray, we usually want God to answer, and preferably in a certain way. More preferably, we want an answer on our time clock, which we often define as right here, right now. What do we hold on to when God's answer to our prayers is not yet? Let's find out. Let's pray together. God, this day, this season, transform us. Move us through your word. That we may not be stuck just in the events that take place around, this, around Christmas, great as they are. That we might see that your whole story still counts for us. Amen. Well, I guess this is a bit of a moot question, but how many of you felt a little bit strange just sitting here? With nothing going on. Alright. Maybe some of you are just waiting thinking he's gonna have Brian make you like honk an air horn just because he can. Many of you guys have have known me for quite a while. You know that when it comes to this part of the of the service, literally anything is possible. And even if you haven't, you can look you know something's supposed to happen. I mean you look at the, the worship orders, yep, this is the sermon slot. Something is supposed to go down? Obviously, one person has to be honest enough to answer yes to this, but how many wanted to say, get on with it already? You're wasting my time. We don't pay you to sit around in, in the middle of a Sunday morning. I'll be honest with you, it's not exactly very comfortable for me either. Of 500 some odd sermon intros that I've written, that is probably one of the toughest ones to deliver. Welcome to the life of the Magi. The people who had heard the stories, forgive the term, they knew the legend of the star and what it was going to mean and kind of where it was going to take them. But they didn't know how long their journey was going to (laughs) be. They didn't know how far they were going to have to go. They couldn't just pull up Google Maps and like GPS their way from Persia to Bethlehem. Imagine, Imagine being in their spot. I mean, we all admit it's pretty uncomfortable to be here in silence, wondering what's happening. And I counted off 30 seconds. Imagine if that went on for two years, 10 years, 25 years. If 30 seconds makes us uncomfortable, starting to measure in years is going to put us into a straitjacket. Yet that's what the Magi went through. Maybe even that's where a portion of your life is. Maybe there's some part of life that feels like it's in a holding pattern, like it's just waiting, waiting for your hard work to pay off, waiting for that long-asked prayer to finally get answered, (coughs) waiting for that promised land you feel you're finally due for. It can be nerve-wracking. But the good news is you're not alone. The Magi weren't alone. Because God has this, seems to have this track record, as good as God is, for making people ask, how long, O Lord? And we're going to check out one of those stories today. Out of Genesis 12. This is verses 1 through 5. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, And I will bless you, and I will make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the ones who curse you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai and their brother's son Lot and all the possessions they had gathered, and the persons with whom they had with whom they had acquired in Haran, and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. And when they had come to the and when they had come to the land of Canaan, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Well there are if you have any concept over what we've just done in the last couple of minutes of what it was like for the Magi, what it was like for Abram, who if the name sounds familiar, his name eventually becomes Abraham. Just at this point in the story, his name has not changed yet. And there are two truths that we can hang on to. One, we're in good company with Abram, with the Magi, with many other people, as I said, throughout the stories who have had to ask God how long before this promise you make is going to come true. And the second truth that we have is that God's ways, as God did them back then, thousands of years ago, are the same ways God still works today. I was rereading one of the articles, I think it was the one Dave had, had written in, in the last newsletter, that brings up one of the most comforting verses in Scripture when we're facing times where things just, everything seems on tilt that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and tomorrow. And by extension, God's ways are the same yesterday and today. And tomorrow. But some of them are a bit tougher to swallow. And so we'll get the toughest one out of the way first. Out of what we get from Abram's story. That God often reveals his plans one step at a time. Here's the money verse out of this section of scripture, out of this story. It comes out of verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. As I had said to the kids, that is basically leave everything and go. That's on par with pack up your car, fill the tank, point it on the throughway going west, and hit the gas. Now, if I were given GPS directions like that, I would probably wonder, where are we going? I mean, if you saw that on paper, it kind of be like, drive west. It's just another road trip. You are a braver man than I. Come on, where's the rest of this? Yet that's what Abram goes through. What does Abram get? Go until I say stop. That's kind of like saying drive until I stop your car. That's a a little bit disconcerting. Maybe it's just me, but I like a little bit more information than something like that. Yet so often, God shares his plans one step at a time. And the thing is, that's not even the hardest plan that Abram gets to believe or to follow. Because he he does take his wife and Lot and they pack up their belongings and go, not knowing where they're going to end up. It's just go until the land where I show you. But he also finds out as the conversation goes on, that God is going to make a great nation out of him. Now, lest we take this as God speaking metaphorically, oh, great nation, well, we could interpret that many different ways, well, God kind of clarifies it a little bit. And he says in subsequent verses, he says, I will make your descendants, your children, more numerous than the sands on the shore, more numerous than the stars in the sky, you know how his wife reacts when Abram tells her. Oh, oh by the way, um, yeah, let me put this into a bit of context. Abram is seventy-five years old when he hears this. I think he's got you cleared by a few years, a couple, years. couple years. Okay, we'll, we'll let Cameron know that. <laughs> You've been into the Sacramento wine again, haven't you, Abram? Hi, Masugina. I don't know. I'm using a little bit of creative license here, I'm sure, but so how do we make sense out of this idea that God reveals his plan so often one step at a time. When it's so when it can be uncomfortable to not know where we're going when we hit the gas pedal pointing west. Well, when we were in college, we would often play in class follow the leader. Simple game. Kind of thing is we we scaled it up a bit because we would use the whole building and all the apparatus that were in the building from halls to stuff that was in the halls to stairs to elevators whatever there was ramps so Miss Gill you want to play sure all you got to do is go where I tell you all right. okay so stand up. And we will demonstrate for everybody. All right? Okay. <laughs> One more thing. Oh. <laughs> Start walking. Stop! <laughs> it's okay. I won't make you walk too horribly far. Okay. Was there any moment where you're like, I don't know if I want to play this? No. Oh. Okay. Here, I'll be. I'll be gracious enough to give you these back. Thanks. You can have a seat. Okay. Why? Why? Because my husband did the same thing. (laughs) He came in, and we were forty years old, and he said, "We're going to go back to college. We're selling everything." So. So walking around with a blindfold. Yeah, it was kind of blind. (laughs) Yeah, I should not have run that by somebody who could, who had a husband who could show her what the life of ministry looks like. But the thing we had learned was you have to trust the one who's leading you. Can we agree on that? Yes. Okay. Because if I, if we're playing follow the leader, and we both, there's no, none of this involved. It's really pretty easy. I can walk, and if you tell me, stop, I know there's nothing dangerous in front of me. Once we lose our sense of vision, our sense of sight, we can't count on ourselves anymore. We don't know what that next step holds. We have to trust the person who's calling the shots. Gail has to trust I'm not going to send her off a cliff. That's why why we got real interesting when we started using stairs and elevators and ramps. She has to trust that I don't want to hurt her. That maybe i like her enough to lead her safely. In those times when we lose our sense of vision, when we only get one step at a time, it's basically a version of what we do with God. We have to trust the one who's leading us. Trust what we know about God. That God is good. That even if we don't know it, God has a plan. That God wants to give us life. And we hang on to that. So it comes down to when we're led into something we don't know, we hang on to what we do know. Who God is. (coughs) What kind of characteristics we know about God. Another truth that we get out of this passage and this conversation between God and Abram. God is the one who blesses in due time. See, God kind of runs through this I will series with Abram. I will bless you. I will make you. I will move you. I don't remember quite what all the individual terms (laughs) were. But as this rhythm starts to build, and this phrase gets repeated, and usually when something is repeated, especially when it comes to Scripture, it's sort of a cue, pay attention. Because there's a reason so much ink is getting spilled over the same phrase going over and over and over again. The idea being that it is a not so subtle reminder of where those blessings come from that Abram is going to get to experience. <coughs> that he he's going to get blessed. He's going to become a great nation. He's going to have his name become made great so that he is a blessing to others. Now hear what God doesn't say to Abram. He doesn't say you're going to become a great nation because you are going to become the greatest general in the world and overtake everybody and rule that way. Your name is not going to become great because you are such a rock star in and of yourself. I really believe that God desires to bless, but it's on us to acknowledge and give credit where credit is due. That is not us, is not Abram that is getting all this stuff, but is God saying, I will do this for you. I will do this to you. I will write your story in this way. Those two go hand in hand because once we start to take the credit for ourselves, well, that blessing starts going sideways real quick on us. The good news is for Abram and for all of those who are kind of sitting in that waiting pattern or that holding pattern. God makes good on those promises that He makes. It takes uh, eight chapters of Abram's life, till we get to chapter 21, verses one to five. throw them up one at a time. The Lord dealt with Sarah. Sarah has her name changed too, as He had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as He had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abram a son, in his, Abraham a son in his old age. At the time of which God had spoken to him, Abraham gave, Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son, whom Sarah had bore him. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abram was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Twenty-five years between promise and fulfillment. As I said, as we demonstrated, twenty-five seconds can drive people nuts. Let alone. 25 years. Why did God wait that long to fulfill that promise? Honestly, I don't know. Was it hard for Abraham and Sarah? I'm sure it was. I mean, especially they're they're on in their years. They're thinking, okay, God, if you promise this, I'm just interested in seeing how you're going to make this happen. But God kept the promise. And God has a track record of keeping promises. Again, even if it's not on our time, even if there is a a big old span of holding pattern between when God makes the promise and when God delivers on it, God makes good on promises. Probably the best one, or the biggest one, is that promise of Jesus. That promise of Christmas. Because it had been generations. I mean, Isaiah was probably written like 800 years before the first Christmas. And even back then, God was laying out hints of this promise. I will eventually send you a Redeemer, a Savior. As the story starts unfolding, I'm sure generations of people were asking, how long, O oh Lord? When are you going to save us? Especially because life was a whole lot worse for them as they're waiting than it was just sitting, you sitting here watching me for 30 seconds hard as I know that was to do. Yet God, at the right time, fulfilled that promise and gave his son and gave us Christmas. Eventually, as the story would keep on going, to give us Easter. So here's my question for you. Is there a place in life you fear God is not going to come through? Maybe a prayer that you have stopped praying because it has just been like, you know what, God hasn't answered it yet. It's over. It's hopeless. Why Why do it anymore? My challenge to you this week is to resurrect that prayer. I mean, that's probably the simplest way for us to to connect with this idea of of waiting. There's probably other ways, but you know, we'll, we'll keep it to something we can do. And as you pray it, and I know it may be difficult because you may remember all the times you've prayed it before and it felt like the answer wasn't there or the answer wasn't going to come or God was going to leave you, out, leave you hanging. But those are the times to remind yourself of the promise that God fulfilled through Abram. The promise that God fulfilled to the Magi, that following this star, even though you don't know how far it's going to be, how long it's going to take you, is worth it. The promise that he made to generations in giving his son. And by extension, giving the life that would come through his son. That is the same promise. The same God who makes and kept... Those promises is the same God who desires to bless, to answer those prayers of his children according to his good and pleasing and perfect will. Thanks again for listening to the Wood Lane Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. If you'd like some more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org or visit our Facebook page at Newark. If you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning at 9.45 a.m. See you next week in the woodland Worship Podcast.